Blog Talk Radio. Radio's A Date with Destiny for Monday, March 21st. I'm your host, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Baltimore, Maryland. This broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. Once again, we are super excited this evening about being with you, and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. Tonight, we have joining with us GI Specialist Dr. Ethan Dubin, and later in the show joining us will be Adrian Koslowski, a registered dietitian and nutritionist. Both will be giving us some very enlightening and vital information regarding our health and wellness. To receive and download this podcast, simply go to the iTunes store, click on podcast, and type in a date with Destiny. You can also receive it via my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, or simply by Googling Blog Talk Radio, A Date with Destiny. Also, follow us on Twitter at least 101 That's L-Y-S-E-101. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash adatewithdestiny101. March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month, and to talk about the importance of getting screened for early detection of cancer of the colon is Dr. Ethan Dubin, who is a GI specialist and has been practicing GI procedures for over 25 years. A Date with Destiny would now like to welcome Dr. Ethan Dubin to the show. Hello, Dr. Dubin. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well, thank you. Welcome to the show, and we are very, very delighted to have you with us today. I'm glad to be here as well. Well, Dr. Dubin, um, I have, before we delve into this topic, I just want to let everyone know um, that I actually had my screening done a few short weeks ago, and I'm so glad that I did. And I'm so glad that we met because when I first met you, I was very impressed. Um, you made me feel very warm and welcomed, and, and that I was in very capable hands. So for that, I just want to say thank you. Oh, well, thank you very much for the compliment. 
<laughs> okay, Dr. Dubin, I've read that colon cancer is the third most common cancer for men and women and that it is the second leading cancer killer in the United States, but it doesn't have to be. So, Dr. Dubin, please educate us on the importance of having yourself screened for colon cancer. Sure. So colon cancer is a cancer that has a very long time before it turns into malignancy. There's an abnormality called a polyp, and it takes years mm-hmm. and years and years for that polyp to eventually turn into a cancer. For that mm-hmm. reason, it's a really good cancer to do screening for because if you intervene anywhere between the time that polyp starts and the time it turns into cancer, then that person will never develop a cancer. And that okay. period could be 10 or 20 years. Mm-hmm. So is that why um, they say they suggest to, as you, when you turn 50, that's a good time to start, you know, to, to check into that? That's exactly right. Colon cancer is not a very common cancer in young individuals. It actually mm-hmm. picks up, the incidence picks up about 60. And then the older you get, the more likely you are to have colon cancer. So we usually start screening about 10 years before that, which is where the recommendation of starting at 50 comes from. Okay, and so then once you do that, and then you will uh, be it will be determined how soon you have to come back, or if you have to come back at all. That's correct. Also, if somebody has polyps, these things that can potentially turn into cancer down the road, then they're at risk of more polyps in the future, and we usually look at them more often. If someone has a completely normal colonoscopy with no significant family history of colon cancer, we usually only do the test once every 10 years. And then when someone hits in the upper 70s, we usually stop doing them. So usually most people get them about three times in their life, 50, 60, and 70 years old. Okay, so um, genetics does play an important role in all of this. And some colon cancer, but the vast majority of colon cancer is not related to any genetic predisposition. Some people mm-hmm. make a mistake saying, I don't really need to be screened for colon cancer because there's no one in my family who ever had it, and therefore it's unlikely that I would have it. But that, the vast majority of colon cancer happens in people who have zero, no relatives at all with colon cancer. So everyone should be screened regardless of their history or not. It's just if you have a very strong family history, we would do you more often. Well, are there um, symptoms that may alert us before it's our time to come in? So there are symptoms... Um, actually, maybe I can back up just a bit. The main purpose of a colonoscopy is to try to prevent someone from getting colon cancer. And we do mm-hmm. that by getting rid of these polyps, and therefore they won't get colon cancer down the road. Polyps okay. themselves have no symptoms. So there's no symptom that will tell you, oh, I should go because I have a symptom there's a polyp in my colon. They completely, you would never know you had one without getting a colonoscopy. When someone mm-hmm. has symptoms already, it usually means if it's coming from something in the colon, it usually already means there's a cancer there. Mm. Now, hopefully we'll catch it earlier than later by doing the procedure, but it's still going to probably mean you're going to have some sort of surgical procedure with part of your colon removed. Well, if you catch okay. it still as a polyp before you have any symptoms, then you take the polyp off and you're done, and you never have to lose part of your colon. Oh, okay. Now, tell me, tell the audience, actually, is there any type of preventive maintenance that could prevent polyps from appearing? So that's a good question. There are some things that slightly increase the risk of polyp development. Smoking, for Mm -hmm. example, being overweight, perhaps a high-fat diet. And those are all good things not to do anyway, but there would be just Mm -hmm. one more reason to try to correct those things. But 
most people who have polyps really have no specific risk factor for having them. They're very common, okay. by the way. I would say in about oh. a third of all the patients I do colonoscopies on, I find these adenomatous polyps, these specific kind of polyps. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so gen- you're saying genetics doesn't really play an important role in that, but also um, we can try to uh, just watch what we eat, you know, um, stop smoking because smoking is not good for you anyway. And what about alcohol consumption? Um, not so much related to this. It's related to other okay. cancers, but not so much with the colon cancer. Okay. But they, again, okay. say that I mean these things are good to do, but they're not going to change your risk for getting colon cancer by a whole lot. Okay, but it is. But th- this is something that can be uh, taken care of with a screening. So tell us what the procedure. Walk us through the procedure of a screening. Sure. So. For most people, the hardest part of the screening test is before the test. In order mm-hmm. to find these polyps, you have to be able to, <clears throat> the colon has to be really clean. The polyps are small, and if the colon is not cleaned out, then you will not be able to find the polyps. So it involves okay. taking some sort of laxatives that will make you go to the bathroom, as I tell patients, more than you can ever remember your entire life. Right. So that could be a little bit difficult. Most people live through it, um, but it's definitely the hardest part of the procedure itself. Um, the, yeah. li- the laxatives are usually some sort of a liquid um, and may be combined with some pills. Um, it's mm-hmm. usually taken the day before the procedure. For the procedure Fine. itself, um, it's usually done in some sort of outpatient surgical or endoscopy center, and um, there's sedation that's given, usually mm-hmm. in IV form. And so for mm-hmm. the procedure itself, for most people, is completely painless because they sleep through the whole thing. Um, right. During the procedure, while the individual is asleep, the gastroenterologist will take a long tube that's got a light at the end and a bit of a steering wheel, and has one little channel that we can um, insert tools in. And we advance the this colonoscope all the way to the end of the colon, and then we slowly and carefully pull the scope back, looking behind every one of the folds in the colon. If we see any polyp at the time that we see it, I can drop a tool like a snare or a lasso, and I can cut the polyp off and retrieve it through the scope. So it's okay. both a diagnostic and therapeutic procedure at the same time. Okay, okay. And that procedure normally lasts how long? Uh, it takes me about, the procedure itself, about 30 minutes. From 30 minutes, which is not long at all. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people who choose not to do this, I think uh, some people just may, because they're not educated about it, um, they're just afraid to go in. And they may have heard horror stories about, you know, like you said, um, the hardest part is, you know, drinking all that stuff and the day before the preparation. (laughs) Right, that's the hardest part. Did you find it hard? I did, you know. I, I, if there's no amount of preparing, preparing your mind, you know, uh, for this. However, the way I was able to get through it was I just knew that I was doing something that I needed to do for myself and for my health. You know what I mean? So it just kind of made it a little bit easier. It said, you know what, Lisa, you you got to do this. You know, you got to go in. You got to check to see, and then if you know whatever happens from there, you you know you go from there. But, um, yeah, it was a little challenging. It was a little challenging, but it's only one day out of your life, just right. one day. And then when you go in for the procedure, like you said, it was only like from beginning to end. Once I got in the back, 
30 minutes, like you said. I mean, it just didn't take long at all. Right. You're in, you're and out. This, right, and there's usually not any discomfort or just mild discomfort after the procedure's over. Mm-mm. None. None. I had none. I mean, I was perfectly fine, and, um, you know, I was in, I was in great hands. Um, and with all the information that we have out there today, you know, there's really no excuse for people not to get this done. It's just like, you know, women, when we go and we have our mammograms done or whatever we can do just to, you know, to see. There's no harm in checking it out, right? That's correct. I mean, the advantage so, of this screening else? over mm-hmm. over other ones is that, let's say mammogram. Mammogram is really a screening test for breast cancer. This right. test is really a screening for a pre-malignant lesion before you get the cancer. It, okay. it prevents you from getting the cancer to begin with rather than only detecting it once you already have a cancer. There you go, and that's very important. Um, that, that's a good point. Well, is there anything else? Um, actually that you can... Now, let me ask you this. Are there alternate screening tests available? Yes, there are, and I was hoping you were going to bring that up. There are other ones. You can check uh-huh. stool studies, both for genetic abnormalities or for little bits of blood, and they're relatively good tests. Um, mm-hmm. They have Their advantage is you don't have to take the nasty laxatives the day before, and they're mm-hmm. non-invasive. There's no sedation. You just submit a stool sample. The downside hmm. to them is they don't do as good of a job finding polyps as a colonoscopy will. Um, okay. And so you have a lot of people who have polyps, and they won't be found on this test. And for that reason, you have to do them more often, usually once every three years versus once every ten years for a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is when they do find, if they do say you have a polyp, then they can't take the polyp off at the time, and you would then have to go and get a colonoscopy. And frequently they may be a false positive. They'll say there's an abnormality, but you do the colonoscopy, you don't find anything. That's a possibility. Um, So, But what I always tell patients is I think the best test is a colonoscopy because it allows us to move even smaller polyps. But if someone Mm -hmm. does not want to do that test, I always offer them the stool test, and I think it's a reasonable alternative. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is to get screened somehow to get screened somehow. And, and you know, if you're not 50 yet, I, I just want to stress, and I, and I know that you can talk to, um, talk about this as well as when I bring Adrian in um, on the conversation to talk about, you know, what we're eating. You know, it's never too uh, early to start paying attention to what we're eating. <laughs> because, I, like, you, we, yes, I mean, that can prevent a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of right. problems. And um, so what we eat is also very, very, very important. Um, and I know you have a lot of this information on your website as well, which is com, and that's E-T-H-A-N-D-U-B-I-N.com. Um so if you have any other questions or whatever, you can, you know, just visit uh, Dr. Ethan Dubin's website and, and, you know, go from there. But, Dr. Dubin, is there anything else that you can share with us um, about this very important procedure? Because I think it's very, very, very important. Right, no, I agree with you 100%. And I think in some communities it helps if you had the procedure yourself and you and it was not a difficult procedure. Just tell other Mm-mm. people that yeah. this can be done. It's not as bad as people have made out to be. No, I've had them done multiple times on myself. I know exactly what I, it is. And it's not, you know, it's just something you do and you get over with and it, and you feel good that you've done it. 
Well, you know, I likened it to voting. Um, you know, for me, voting is not an option. It's something that I, you know, have to do. It's my God-given right to do it. Um, and our health is the same way. I mean, take care of yourself, you know. Um, if you don't know something, you ask, and then you take it from there. And once again, now, Dr. Dubin, um, if, you, if you'd like, because, you know, we're located in Maryland, so if you wanted to share your location um, and your availability with the listening audience that's here in Maryland that maybe, you know, would want to get in touch with you, how would they do that besides going to your website? Sure. They could always call my office. My office is mm-hmm. in Owings Mills. And mm-hmm. myself, my office number is 410-356-2306. Okay. Give that to them one more time. 410-356-2306. Mm-hmm. Two three zero six. Okay, that's wonderful. And one more question before I let you go. Um, sure. So you've been doing this for over twenty five years, and I think I asked you when I came to your office, what made you get into this particular um, um, area of medicine? Yeah, many people ask me that. Couldn't you do something else that's not quite so disgusting? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, I didn't want to put it like that. <laughs> I was once going to make a business card that said stool is my bread and butter, but my wife will let me do it. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. And, you know, I just want to say this real quick. This is one of the reasons why I absolutely love him, because he has a great sense of humor. And so, you know, that helps a lot <laughs> when you have to, like, bear, you know, bear it all. <laughs> but, yeah, so just share with but us what made you. The true answer to the question is, I, okay. I went into GI because GI is one of the fields of medicine that we can actually cure things and make it a, a huge difference in people's lives. And sometimes mm-hmm. it, it's just a matter of diagnosing it and never really curing a person's illness. But in GI, we actually do make them better frequently. Um, and especially with colonoscopies, we save so many lives. There's really nothing more fulfilling than doing that. Right. That's awesome. And I know that you've probably, in the over 25 years that you've been doing this, I can only imagine how many lives you've actually saved. Yeah, it's really a great feeling. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dubin, I don't want to keep you any longer. I wish that I could, but I would like to have you back on later because I'm always doing shows on health and wellness, and um, maybe there's some other things that we can talk about, you know, in the future. Sure. But for the time being, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to educate us on the importance of this very, very important procedure. We so appreciate you, and thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. I greatly enjoyed it. No problem. You take care and enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That was Dr. Ethan Dubin, ladies and gentlemen, once again, a GI specialist. He was my doctor as well, and um, I couldn't have asked for a better doctor. Um, he's very, he, he he's warm. He's, as you can hear, he has a great sense of humor, but he's very knowledgeable in what he does, and he made me feel, feel very, very comfortable and very safe. So visit his website if you want to get in touch with him or more information, which is Dr. Ethan Dubin. E-T-H-A-N-D-U-B-I-N dot com. So now, 
for our next guest, I would like to bring on Adrian Koslowski, who is a licensed registered dietitian and nutritionist, community educator, writer, and former instructor at the University of Maryland Medical School. She is also a certified yoga instructor and Reiki master, receiving her certification from the University of Maryland Center for Integrative Medicine, A Date with Destiny. Uh, now welcome, Adrian Koslowski. Hello, Adrian. How are you today? Hello, Lisa. I'm terrific. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and spending time with us educating on how we can start and continue to have a more balanced life by eating healthier. Of course. Of course. It's actually so, my passion, so I love to share it, so. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, so I see that you were kind of listening in on um, Dr. Dubin's conversation. And I he was. shared with, yeah, we, sh- we talked about the importance of, you know, um, eating healthier and um, which can actually avoid so much down the road. <laughs> so exactly if you would right. like to talk about the yeah, if you would like to talk about the importance of um, healthy eating and what that looks like. I know for me, I had to learn how to start to eat better in order for me to feel better, you know. And so sometimes we have to relearn things. Right. Well, I think you have to go into it with the mindset that this is something that is totally in your control, which right. is really why I got involved in all of this, eating healthy and making choices is really something that nobody else is doing for you or Mm -hmm. at you, but something that you can do for yourself. And if you go into it with the mindset that it's never going to be perfect, doesn't have to be perfect, moderation is the key, Mm -hmm. and you're going to try to fit that into your lifestyle. So what happens is that at, at a certain age, you've developed, you've already settled into a certain lifestyle. And so mm-hmm. we're not going to change that lifestyle necessarily, but what we can do is really fit our eating patterns into that lifestyle. If it's going to work for the lifestyle, then you can be, have a much better shot at being successful. And that's our goal. Um, we can talk about some very specific things as far as the colorectal cancer, but what it does is a lot of the things that we talk about really spans the whole gamut of even diabetes, cancer, hypertension. And if you make some really basic changes, you can really set yourself on a really good, solid journey of eating healthy and being healthy. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then, you know, food doesn't have to, it doesn't mean that you have to eat tasteless food either. Not at <laughs> all. I know a lot no, of times people think when you make a lifestyle change, it has to be so drastic and, you know, your food is going to be, you have to eat bland food and stuff like that. So that's, you know, not true at all. Correct. Correct. I think if we start the basics, the very first thing to think about is how important it is to be at a really good weight. Um, mm-hmm. at, at as, as close to your ideal body weight as possible, and we use the body mass index for that. And so mm-hmm. that is really a very good starting point, is to think about, you know, how, if, if you are overweight, what are the changes that you can make to try to shed some of those pounds? Because being overweight is most definitely a risk factor for all those things that we've been talking about, the cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, Oh, being overweight is one of the top risk factors. So 
that's that's the first thing to think about is what kind of changes can I make to try to shed some of those pounds and get closer to the weight that's recommended based on the height and such. Okay, and so share with us some of those changes that people can start, like right now today. Sure. So let's first talk about one that's not related to food, which is increasing your physical activity. And that does not necessarily mean, you know, investing in an expensive, you know, membership at the gym, which you might use for a couple weeks and then not use again. I've been there, done that. Right? It doesn't even mean investing in expensive equipment in the house, which we've done, right? So what happens is that they've shown that starting around January or February is when people start unloading all those Christmas gifts of treadmills and bikes and ellipticals (laughs) so that if you're ever in the market for one of these um, gadgets, that's the time to start looking. People use them for about four to six weeks, and then they're saying, let's get rid of it. But what Mm -hmm. it means is getting outside and walking. Walking. And so... You know, we are, the the weather is changing, the sun is out, there's a cold breeze. Getting out there and walking for even 15 minutes, three to four times a week, is a fabulous starting point. And, you know, besides the walking, getting the heart rate up, shedding some pounds, you're also doing some weight-bearing exercise, which is so good for osteoporosis. I know we're not talking about that today, but, again, it's, it's looking for that exercise that works for you. And right. walking is such an easy one. Jumping, yeah. jumping rope, right? Yep. Rope is cheap, right? Just yep. You don't even have to buy a jump rope. You can use a piece of rope that you get at the hardware store. and just So mm-hmm. walking, physical activity. Um, and, you know, we're not going to talk about the yoga piece today, although I would love to come back and talk about that at some point. Oh, yes, we're but, definitely going to have you come back and talk about that. <laughs> but yoga and, and mindfulness all plays mm-hmm. into eating healthy. Um, yes. And there's been some studies, which I was, I was involved in one of them, which showed that doing yoga, not the, not the, you know, the hot yoga or the big one yoga, just gentle mm-hmm. yoga helps with weight loss. And so the physical activity piece, again, unrelated to the food piece, the physical activity piece is so important just to get out there, and it does definitely help to get you closer to your ideal body weight. So, you yeah. know, that's the physical activity piece. And, you know, buddy up with somebody. You know, right. if you call somebody up and say, let's get out of, you know, let's let's get some walking in, you're going to be yeah. much more inclined. Um, yeah. So I, I, I walk three times a week. Um, I do about a half an hour three times a week. Um, I do yoga like five times a week. So, um, mm-hmm. again, I'm, I can't stress the physical activity piece enough. Um, yeah, if we're I talk, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the food. There's so many things that you can talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And what you have to do is say, okay, well, what am I willing to do? So I can throw, right. you know, four to six different things that we should talk about. But what you need to ask yourself is, okay, what am I willing to do? You know, right. I I love my um, Haagen-Dazs ice cream too much to give mm-hmm. up on the fat. I'm not, I'm not into the slow churn stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. However... <laughs> I might be willing to cut out some of the nuts that I'm doing. And okay. so if, if I had to, let's say, rate the top three or four things to think about when it comes to diet or food, um, again, the first one would be weight management, you know, getting as close as you can 
to where you should be on the on the scale. Mm-hmm. Number two would be the fat. Would be fat. Think mm-hmm. about what does your diet look like? Where is the fat in my diet? Is it mm-hmm. coming from Hagen Dazs, Ben and Jerry's, you know, ice cream, mm-hmm. you know, uh, death by chocolate, right? Or mm. is it coming by by I love to do nuts. I do pounds of nuts, almonds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or does it come from bacon? You know, mm. so where is the fat coming from? And so what I encourage everyone to do is take a real assessment. Look right. at what it is that you're eating. Write it down. Write right. it down, and then you can actually look at it and say, wow, you know what, I didn't realize that. We typically do more than we realize because we're so mindless when we eat. Yeah. Um, I tell yeah. people that I see people in the morning at like 9 o'clock, like a half hour after they've had breakfast, and they don't have a clue what they ate, right? Wow. Um, so they can tell me what their gas and electric bill was. They can tell me, um, you know, who's running for the latest office. Right. Or, um, why their sister will really anger them, but not what they ate. And so yeah. the mindfulness piece is so mm-hmm. important. That, um, I like that. So that is fat, important. So, yeah, so that's the fat piece. Um, what happens mm-hmm. when we eat a lot of fat, um, the bile, which is this, um, it's a chemical which helps to break down the fat. So the more fat we eat, the more bile is, um, is generated, which has not been shown to be that good for the colon cells. So, you know, you mm-hmm. want to keep that down to a minimum, plus, again, as far as the weight goes. So that's the fat. And people will mm-hmm. say, but it's a good fat, right? Avocado is a good fat, so I'm going to eat a whole avocado. Well, <laughs> not really. I mean, uh, anything that's good in excess will tip the scales and at some point will become not as good. Right. Right. Uh, everything, like you so, said, everything you know, in moderation. Everything in moderation, Lisa, everything. And so I have people say to me, okay, well, I had a pound of almonds. I know they're really good. And I had an avocado. I know that's really good. And I'm saying, well, yeah, but maybe like a quarter of an avocado and maybe like right. six almonds. Um, and so that's the fat story. You know, if, I know that my time is limited. And so I was thinking about, well, what are the highlights that I really want to get across? The fat mm-hmm. situation is really one. Um, okay. The second one that I would that I would talk to you about is the fruits and vegetables. We've got to up mm. our fruits and vegetables. Right. Um, that's where the antioxidants are, and so mm-hmm. you know it's it's and again with this with the age of the smoothies and with the age of you know being able to puree soups, you know you mm-hmm. cook up some nice um, broccoli, cauliflower, beets, and then mm-hmm. you you know you puree it. You have a nice, smooth soup. Um, mm. So that's the next piece, is making sure that you get the fruits and vegetables. And, you know, five, five a day, that's, that's what we talk about, at least mm-hmm. that. And the other thing mm-hmm. is the darker the color, the better it is. Mm. Okay? Um, the way I tell people to think about it is if you look at two people, right, one of them is kind of pale and one of them has got a really good coloring, which one mm-hmm. do you think is, you would say is healthier? The one right. that's got some coloring, right? The pale. Same thing with vegetables. You know, the mm-hmm. darker, the better. So romaine versus like an iceberg lettuce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the colors. Think about the colors. Close your eyes and try to picture the colors of the beets and the sweet mm. potatoes and the really nice green beans and broccoli, right? Mm. The rainbow. Um, mm-hmm. So the fruits and vegetables are really something that we need to start. And Getting back to the first category, which is the fat, we're not talking about having all these vegetables cooked in fat. 
okay? We're mm-hmm. talking about a nice um, grilling or roasting. Mm, yeah. Um, really want to get the flavors out. Um, and when you grill a vegetable, the sugar becomes caramelized, and it really mm-hmm. makes it even sweeter. Um, yes, And it then does. you can just go right into the third category I was thinking about, which is increasing our fiber, right? Mm. And so by eating the vegetables in the state of just grilling and roasting, you are maintaining that fiber, and the higher the fiber. Now, there's a little bit of controversy about fiber and how much fiber, but I think that the uh, agreement is that we need to increase our fiber. Most of us here need to increase our fiber. So Mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables, whole grains, brown rice, um, as opposed to the white rice. And so Mm -hmm. if I had to, if you were to say to me, okay, Adrian, just give me, give me the byline. You know, what is it that if I had to give out one message, what would it be? And the message would be, take care of yourself. You can do it through food alone. Okay. Now, sometimes you need medication, but for the most part, you can get what you need through food unless, Mm -hmm. again, vitamin D, and that's a whole different discussion. But for the Mm -hmm. most part, you can get what you want. Think about the moderation Think about enjoying life. Think about enjoying what you eat, being mindful of what you eat, and moving forward and saying that I, it's in my it's in my control. Mm, so, I love my, it. That's my spiel. Yeah, yeah. And for me, again, I get very excited even when I think and talk about it. Um, and again, we're not even talking about what environment are we eating in. You know, we right. eat in a very stressful environment. You know, we're eating mm-hmm. it while we're driving. We're eating it while our boss is, is talking to us, you know, or we're eating in a very quiet area. We're eating it outside in the nice breeze. So that's mm-hmm. the end. What environment are you eating it in? So those are all things, Lisa, to think about. Um, and, you know, I, I think that with the way that now we need to be taking care of ourselves, we need to be our own advocates, I yeah. think that – those kinds of things that are in our control, we've got to take it and just run with it. And then you've got the exercise. (laughs) Exactly. And especially the older we get, I mean, you know, we can really maintain for a very long time. I happen to have been blessed to interview. I don't know if you've ever heard of um, Ernestine Shepard. She is 78. She's a 78 year old bodybuilder. Yes. She's an amazing woman. She's yeah. absolutely amazing, and I, I was um, fortunate enough to have uh, interviewed her and worked out with her a couple of times. And I have to say, she put me oh to shame. Oh my gosh! Okay? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Oh my she's gosh! Amazing. That sounds awesome. Well, it was awesome. It was awesome for me, and she today still she she inspires me. So I'm like, okay, yeah. now this woman is half my age, <laughs> and looking this great, and you know, feeling wonderful, yeah. all because she gets out there. She, you know, she's mindful about what she's yes. doing with her life. Absolutely. So absolutely, yeah. and it's really, you know, again, no one else is going to do it for you. Exactly. That's the thing. You got to do it yourself, and. We have, you know, so many avenues now that we can take control of and, and do a great job. And we just have to decide that we want to do it. We have there to decide that our, health, that our health is more important to us than anything else. That is absolutely so. correct. And, you know, Adrian, I could keep on talking with you over, you know, for, for know. a lot longer, I but I know that I have to let you go. But before I do... Tell us what your website is so that the listeners can, you know, go and visit your website and get more information. 
Okay, so it's a little bit of a long, a long name here. It might be easier just to Google my name, but okay. my website is my my website is Chai. It's C H A I L I F E Nutrition Four F O R and then the um, letter U. So it's High Life Nutrition for You. Okay, and I'll make sure that so I, I put that in put the information. Every, yeah, that would be great. I try to bring a lot of different things in there, and um, I'm just I'm really excited about even getting the message out. It's just such yes. an important message. Something yes, important. well, you know what? I'm going to be back in touch with you so that we can set up another time and um, we can continue this conversation because you do so many wonderful things, and especially the yoga is something that I've been telling myself oh that my I'm gosh. going to Oh really God. get back into, so I'll be giving you a call about that as well. <laughs> that would be awesome. And we can even do a little bit of breath work on the radio. I can take people through a little bit of breath work, um, a little bit of, of mindfulness. I mean, there's so much, Lisa, that's out there. Yes, it is. Well, awesome. I can't wait so for us to set that up. Me I'm neither. looking forward to it. So, Adrian, thank I'm going to let you go because I know that you're running, and I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I look forward well, to having I you back very it. soon. All right. Well, and you, you so enjoy much. the rest you of your day. day. You're welcome. All you right. Too, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> That was uh, Adrian Koslowski, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming on and sharing with us the um, about the nutrition and being mindful about what we're eating. Um, and she's just a wealth of information. And so, yeah, we're definitely going to have her back, hopefully next month, uh, when I do my next um, health and wellness segment. So maybe, you know, I can talk her into, you know, coming back on then and sharing with us. And I'm very excited about that. So we've had a wonderful show this evening. We're down to that part where I want to leave you with this. Health is a state of body. Wellness is a state of being. One of the best things you can do for yourself first is to love yourself. Love yourself enough to start taking better care of you. Taking care of you fully and totally includes mind, body, and soul. They all three go together. Taking care of the body is necessary in order to be able to move around and do the things in the physical that you enjoy, but also to be better able to help others. Taking care of the mind entails meditating, relearning, who and what you really are, and having a better understanding of what it really means to love yourself, to be wholly authentic, which leads to peace, joy, and happiness. And when you and when, and when you nurture those two things, the soul automatically rejoices and does the rest. So take time to do what it takes so you can live out the rest of your journey being healthy, whole, and most of all, love. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. So please be well. So that concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone, everyone for tuning in with us. Shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me and also to my friends and colleagues in all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Dr. Ethan Dubin and Adrian Koslowski. We are eternally grateful for you because we know that knowledge is power, and when we know better, we do better. 
Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration, and leave us a message to let us know that you stopped by. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101 and follow us on Twitter at least 101. That's L-Y-S-E 101. So your mission, ladies and gentlemen, if you choose to accept it is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation Seek God and learn how to love yourself first because, after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. <laughs>